All right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. I'm really enthused and excited uh, for my guest today. So uh, today on the show, we have Mohanad Hamami. Dr. Mohanad Hamami has done a lot of really interesting things in health. He's been in a variety of different places. Currently, he is the Senior Vice President of Safety Net Transformation and Community Health and Wellbeing at Trinity Health. Uh, I'm not going to steal his thunder. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you, Anthony. Good to be here. Absolutely. And, and thank you for peeling all time to do this. Um, it's a bit, you know, busy, short week, a kind of an interesting, busy, short week. Um, but long story short, I'm really excited to have you on. And on that note, tell us a little bit about yourself or teleport us back and tell us about what series of events of events you went through to, to, to transform yourself into the person you are today or said in a, in a simple, big question way, tell us a little bit about your origin story. Oh, certainly my pleasure. Um, uh, so uh, I guess my life was a series of being at the right moment, at the right place, and add to it a little bit of serendipity. So uh, if you ask me when I graduated from medical school uh, a while ago, I won't tell you how many years, if you ask me if this is what I would have been doing, then I would have never imagined that. I was pretty much um, more into clinical medicine, thinking about the patient and the doctor relationship as a healer, recipient of of treatment. A lot of my background comes from uh, being amongst a family of physicians. Uh, my brother, sister, father, my, my dad was professor of gynecology. So a lot of it is embedded in the way we understand medicine as a clinical care, where you have a patient that has an issue and the doctor's role is to address that issue and put a treatment plan and then cure what is considered that we have treated that issue. Fast forward, uh, after medical school, I uh, started uh, getting involved more in academic medicine. I worked in research in pediatrics for almost 10 years, and that certainly took a turn on understanding that there is more to medicine than the relationship between a clinical protocol and a treatment plan. There are things that we truly do not know, and it takes more for us health professionals to understand. And then after that, uh, I stumbled into the uh, world of public health, and uh, I was approached by um, the county executive to head the health department and restructure the Department of Health and Human Services in Wayne County, which for some of you who know Michigan, Wayne County is the most populous in the state with almost 2 million people residing within Wayne County. And as a huge department, uh, Health and Human Services, that not only has the health department as uh, under, under uh, its um, uh, divisions, but also uh, mental health, jail health, um, human services such as Head Start and um, uh, veterans and, and others, then now the link between uh, wellness and health started becoming more real to me, and I had to understand that by practice. Uh, Wayne County has 34 municipalities that range between the richest of the rich, and these are the gross points, and the poorest of the poor, such as Ecorse and Inkster and Hamtramck. So 
as someone who is the chief strategist for community health, it certainly meant that you cannot do one-size-fits-all program. And I think this was my first taste of inequity and disparities, and this was the first field to start thinking about how population health should be considered when we are designing anything from a program that helps to boost uh, immunizations or to provide services to WIC mothers or the uh, uh, financial assistance for veterans and, and seniors. So uh, the, that was probably the, the turning point where I started getting more into population health and community health. And this was also, as I mentioned, my intro to the social determinants of health and understanding that it's at 360 degrees when we talk about health and wellness. And we are now not only look at it as a clinical protocol, as a treatment plan. And we as health professionals are also not the only ones that are responsible for making people and communities healthy. It truly has to pull in a lot of different partners and a lot of stakeholders. And it truly is a village coming together to ensure that we are creating healthy places where people if they choose to practice health and wellness, then they have the tools and they have the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I, I love it. I love it. Well, first of all, thank you for telling me about telling us about your, your origin, uh, what you've been through, um, you know, and, and the person you've become today. And it's a very fascinating background that led you, you know, to a lot of the work that you're doing today. And I guess along those lines, I'd love to hear a little bit about some of these things that you're starting to mention here, maybe tell us a little bit about what captures your, well, what's taking up most of your time these days, but most importantly, your fascination. What are you fascinated most in health? And maybe you can illustrate a couple of examples of some of this in, in action if you know you're, you have current projects or programs that you're doing. And as you and I know, social determinants comes up a lot these days, but but definitely don't limit it to that. You know, I, I think I'd yeah. love to just hear about what is what has you most fascinated Tell us about some real-world examples and some, um, you know, some things happening in action that, that's happening in the space that, that's capturing your, your time and attention. Oh, certainly. So um, after my uh, work or my tenure with the health department, I was um, uh, fortunate to join Trinity Health, which is a national health system. We're a Catholic health system with almost 94 hospitals in 22 states. So you can imagine the footprint that we have, but you can also appreciate the involvement we have within our communities. And uh, it's part of our mission that uh, we are true to the communities that we serve, and we certainly focus on the vulnerable population, those who are uh, poor and those who are vulnerable as one of our core missions. Mm -hmm. And it is quite refreshing for a someone with a public health background to uh, still uh, uh, find out that we have health systems that are looking at how do we make sure that people are healthy so we do not see them within our hospitals. And this is exactly what my role is. I am mm -hmm. very uh, blessed to be in the role of, of the Senior Vice President for Community Health and Wellbeing because it is looking at not only the patients that we see from a population health management perspective, but also looking at patients that we do not see just because 
we are part of the community, then there are a lot of community members that we probably do not see and we don't want to see, but yet we are working mm -hmm. on an upstream approach from a policy system and environmental change. So a lot of what used to be community benefit for uh, nonprofit organizations and investing within the community is now what we use to target uh, in our communities as what we call the anchor mission strategy. And the, the anchor mission strategy is, is uh, so exciting. It's relatively new as in like five, six years ago, Trinity Health and a group of health uh, systems joined together and they established the Health Anchor Network, or HAN. And the Health Anchor Network is focusing on how do big health systems, especially those that have a big presence within the community, transform the communities where they are into places that can provide opportunities for people to be well. Mm -hmm. And the four things that we focus on in the anchor mission is hiring locally, mm -hmm. sourcing locally, investing locally, and being environmentally responsible. Mm. And if, if you have those four components combined with the healthcare that we provide within the community, combined with the population health management, combined with the community partnerships that we establish through community engagement in providing social services, in providing advocacy, in providing a lot of resources within the community, then I believe this is what the future of healthcare should be. Mm -hmm. And this is how, when we talk about uh, making people well, rather than treating a disease, this is the shift that everyone should be getting to. And we have been, as a, a country, as the U United States, we have been understanding this. But for a health system to make that shift mm -hmm. and combine it with the efforts that are happening within the community is still at an early stage. We, we as health systems are very good at what we do, which is providing health care. But mm -hmm. we, as a health system, becoming community health uh, uh, people that are partnering with the local health department, that are par partnering with the transportation authority, that are trans uh, partnering with housing, that are mm -hmm. partnering with food kitchens and, and food pantries and all that, and establishing this network of services that when a diabetic walks through uh, your clinic and after you put a whole treatment plan to how to control the diabetes, you are not sending that diabetic to a food desert. You are not mm -hmm. sending that diabetic to a place where they might not have electricity so the insulin cannot be refrigerated. Or you cannot tell them they need to exercise when they do not have complete streets or a gym next door or they're concerned about their safety. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is the vision that Trinity Health for Community Health and Wellbeing has, and we have been working on that and, and uh, mobilizing and, and empowering, actually, empowering our communities because we see that as a true partnership between us as a health system that is anchored within the community and everybody else that is working towards the improvement of community health. Mm, I love it. I love it. And I, I love the illustration and congratulations on what you're, you're leading there and what you're doing. And I, I love the, the local concept, too, and being able to hit that home tremendously. I, along those lines, I'd love to, to illustrate that a little bit more and maybe in the, in the context of a scenario 
And so, um, so, so Dr. Hamami, imagine, uh, imagine you were today tapped on the shoulder. I'm sure Trinity Health wouldn't want, want that to happen, but like, say you had to go to like a, a place by here. So around here, um, poverty rates and unemployment and crime is a little bit higher in Oakland and, and Stockton, California. Mm-hmm. I'm in the San Francisco, um, Bay area, San Mateo specifically, but say you had to go to one of those community hospitals in, in one in a not so great area like like Stockton or, or Oakland, and you had and you're you're in charge of having to from scratch put together some of the community efforts. Where would you start? I mean, obviously, you know, you're going to need a budget. You need to invest in some things. You want to do some of the things and, and recreate some of the things. But what's the mental? What's your mental model? What would be your kind of approach? You know, over the first, you know. You know, 120 days or even a year. Kind of love to hear kind of like how you would approach uh, a, a new city that that's struggling that has done nothing in this area, right? Right, right. Um, I, I think the first step is truly to understand the local needs. Mm-hmm. Um, the, mm-hmm. we, as I mentioned, we're in 95 communities, 22 states. What is relevant in Fort Lauderdale, Florida is not probably the same in Syracuse, New York. So understanding the local needs, understanding the environment, understanding the landscape, but also understanding the stakeholders. You cannot tailor something that the community does not want. So mm-hmm. what is it that is missing in the community? What do your community members want the most? Um, and I, I remember in the previous role, we were talking about uh, complete streets and all that, and we had a town hall meeting, and one of the community members said, we, we don't really care about complete streets. We want people to pick up the garbage first. So, so we can always come with a big theory and what we learn in books, but unless it translates into something more tangible to what communities are hoping for and what they're looking for, then it's not going to be efficient. So first of all, understanding the local need. And, and let's say the example you mentioned, there is a high level of poverty, maybe unemployment. Um, uh, probably the, the food density is more towards um, uh, 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 convenience stores rather than grocery stores or supermarkets, um, fast food versus uh, healthy food outlets and all that. So, so if this is what we're dealing with, then the plan should, one, understand what resources are within the community. Again, I don't think it is fair and it's actually arrogant for one entity to think they can transform a whole community. It has to be a community coming together. So who else can we partner with? Who, who can we get into? How can we involve our community members? How can we create... Uh, opportunities for small businesses to maybe become stronger in contributing towards the community? How can we establish a project that enables pipeline from the community to workplace, whether it's skill building, whether it's talent uh, uh, building, whether it is providing smaller opportunities to work in that? Um, Community gardens as a, a solution for the lack of uh, fresh produce uh, mm. when, when you're dealing with a food desert. Um, we haven't, for example, we have provided small uh, uh, micro loans in Columbus, Ohio, to change the neighborhood 
accessibility to fresh produce, where we funded a lot of small grocery stores that are owned by community members to provide that. Uh That is one example where it can be done. Um, The other is how can we use, again, some of the skills and talents and some of the resources within the community. Um, One example that comes to mind is what we did in Hartford, Connecticut, at one of our hospitals. So so we have this project that we call Transforming Community Initiatives, or TCI, where Trinity uh, provided some seed money as a grant, but also tapped into the communities to provide matching funds and establish partnerships in, in, in building community coalitions. So what uh, we discovered in, in Hartford and Springfield, Massachusetts, these are the two hospitals close to each other at Trinity Health of New England, is that a lot of children are not performing well in school because they are hungry. And when uh, Uh the community collaboration looked at it and they discovered that the only way to provide uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner at schools is to bring packaged meals from Rhode Island, which is one, very um, expensive, and two, it's also not healthy, it's not fresh. Uh So building the coalition around a food initiative where we partnered with local business uh, Sodexo, which, as you know, it provides a lot of cafeteria work, right. a community community health garden, bringing other players, including the city, the mayor, and we established a culinary arts center that has a community garden. Wow. Now the community garden is producing the, the, the produce. The culinary arts center is not only training future chefs and future workers in the food industry as a line of, of, of skills and career path, but also whatever they are producing is taken fresh to every school within the district where children are having breakfast in the classroom, lunch, and dinner. Oh. And, and these are some of the things that you have to truly understand the environment you're working with. You truly need to understand who you should partner with, what uh, uh, takes whatever limited resources you might put in and stretch it to the limit in order to change things. And I think this is anyone, it's it's not only us as Trinity or, or health department or whomever, but anyone who is truly serious in looking at transforming communities should start with that uh, in mind. I love it. I love it. And as you're illustrating it, I can think in my mind, you're taking me back to when I was little and I used to play like strategy uh, video games or board games. <laughs> I'm like, this would be such a cool uh, simulation, yep. right? Um, to, to, I'm, su- I'm surprised no one's, no one's created it. Well, you and I will have to create something like that and, uh, and split the profits. But um, I, I kid around, but uh, no, it's <laughs> a really fascinating problem to solve. But you know what? It's, such a, it's almost like such a divine, benevolent thing to figure out. It's like you're trying to figure out the problem of everything. A, a full community problem, but you're expressing and doing that in very interesting ways uh, at Trinity. Um, and, and it's so congratulations on the work that you're doing. I love the illustration. I like the balance. Um, my father passed away at 58, but he was a chef and he was a dietitian. And lately I've been obsessed with the concept of community garden. You probably look, you're like me, you probably look around, you know, we see space. Right. There, there's right. a bunch yeah. of nice green area right there, right in the middle of the city. 
what would, what would be the worst thing that would happen if that was converted to a community garden, right? And uh, so, so the potential is, is all around us on all these different facets. It's just very fascinating listening to you about how you would tackle it. And, um, it's an extremely uh, powerful gift that you have to be able to look at things in that way and be able to say, these are the systems that need to be in place to elevate the, the health of the, the population around us and in, in the local community. Um, along the lines of what you've been mentioning here, I can imagine you've got a tremendous model. It probably just needs to be copy and pasted as, as often and as, as, as much in scale as possible. But when you look at the future in some of the projects that you're doing or just other themes in health of what you're, what you're seeing, where do you see this all going? I'd love to hear your vision of health in the future. Maybe some things that, you know, you're doing right now that you have some initial instinctive, you know, sense that what you're doing is going to make a difference and is helping, but you haven't done the full case study yet. But uh, tell us, tell me a little bit about the future of health. Where, where do you see things going? Where, where do you see uh, us? How do you see us being a population and, and how does health relate to our future? So um, a lot has been, uh, and currently there is a big hype about artificial intelligence and machine learning and what technology can add to healthcare. And this is being translated as you get companies like Google and, and Amazon and Microsoft and all those are, are uh, racing to get into healthcare. Okay. Which I truly, truly believe that technology has a big role in, in the advancement of um, healthcare, not only from the scientific point, but also looking at it in what we are talking about. So um, currently we are looking at people as uh, segments and as fragmented pieces that is not putting the whole picture together. We know that a lot of our... Uh, a lot of individuals are, um, uh, uh, they act or they their health behavior is very much linked to their personality, how they think, what tools they use, which websites they visit and all that. Someone who is more an online shopper is probably going to also seek healthcare for online rather than to go to, to a traditional doctor's office and wait in line and all that. So if we can, if and, and this is what everybody is now looking at in terms of providing healthcare, but if we can also combine machine learning and artificial intelligence in risk prediction when it comes to social risk factors. So if I can get the data of uh, like Oakland, uh, California, and to the zip code level, and I can feed it into a model that is going to predict uh, uh, the, the risk factors when I see a patient coming from that zip code. And rather for, for us to wait until something happens, then we can pre uh, uh, proactively say, oh, you are, or, or the machine is going to tell us this patient come from this zip code. This zip code is known for um, food scarcity or transportation issues or whatever. So now we're predicting that that patient is not going to be compliant, not because the patient want, is, is, doesn't care, but mm -hmm. because that patient does not have the means to be compliant. And if we can preempt that and provide within 
the same visit where we are seeing that patient for any reason, we are providing them with also tools and, and, and resources and connections and needs and meet the needs, then I think this is what the future of healthcare should look like. Again, in looking at the person as a 360 degrees for everything that is going to improve their health. There has been some models. Yeah, there, there has been some models that are being tested now. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the biggest the biggest challenge is the validity of the data, and especially not the clinical data. You can always get clinical data from EMRs and from claims and all that, but the validity of the data as it exists now that you can boil down to a zip code level or a census tract mm-hmm. that has to be accurate and recent, and that is probably the biggest challenge. Mm, I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, a couple of things. I, I mean, it, it, your efforts that you're doing right now you, and what you're leading, you know, does shape ourselves up, I think, for that perspective and that view. Um, it is a very interesting time in healthcare, and I'm sure you're just as excited as myself to be in this industry and at the forefront of putting putting some pieces in place that are scalable, that are making a difference and, and, and need you know, the right resources and nurturing to be, to be kind of, you know, copied and pasted for, for us to shape up, uh, you know, for an interesting future in health. Um, and second, you know, I'm really excited that you were able to come onto the show and really tell us about your story and what led you to this, this point. Um, there's a lot of people in healthcare that, you know, are just probably one or two inspiration points or maybe one, you know, um, skill set away from being, in a situation that you're all right to be in this position to be able to help help others in, in this very interesting, unique way. Um, my very last question for you is uh, if our listeners would love to get in, uh, in touch with you or to reach out and say hi or interact with you on social media, what would be a great way to do so? Um, I, I think I'm... Uh on LinkedIn, anyone can uh, find me on LinkedIn at uh, Mohanad Hamami, M-O-U-H-A-N-A-D. Last name is H-A-M-M-A-M-I. I uh, pretty much uh, answer uh, the, the request to add and also my messages. I think this is how you and I, Anthony, met. So mm-hmm. um, uh, that's that's a good uh, way. And then if there are any further needs to follow up uh, or, or there are things that they would like to know more, then we'll take it from there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Dr. Hamami, this was phenomenal. This was great to have you on. I really appreciate it. Uh, just definitely for a short, short and fast week, and and one where a lot of people are spending time with their families this week. But uh, but long story short, it was great to have you on. Um, thank you so much, and really appreciate it. Thank you, Anthony. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Much appreciated.